Welcome to the Swim Swim Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got a very special guest. She's a four-time Olympic medalist, an Olympic champion, a world junior champion, world champion, Commonwealth Games medalist. We've got Penny Alexiak. Penny, how's it going today? I am great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk to you. It's, uh, I, I don't know. I haven't heard from many people lately as I'm sure most people haven't, you know, it's like you, we had ISL and you didn't participate in that this year. So it's like, I, you just, you've been flying under the radar. Um, what's, what's been up with you? Give me, get me up to date. What, what's, what, what have your last few months looked like? Um, I wish I could say they were more eventful than they have been, but um, pretty much just training in Toronto and trying to navigate everything going on, especially with what's happening right now. I think it's been a little bit difficult for everyone and with lockdowns and reopenings and vice versa always happening all the time, it's been a bit difficult, but I've been just trying to keep my head down and train as hard as I can right now. What, I mean, when this lockdown happened in March, I'm guessing, I mean, you, you guys were like almost at trials, right? Um, what, how did that affect you those first few months? Um, it was pretty weird. I mean, we were like ready to go. We were in training camp in Florida and we always go to Florida, like, two or three weeks out from trials. So that was kind of our like last stretch before trials. And then we got called back from Florida and my coach thought we were going to have training time. And then by the time we landed, we didn't have training time and everything was locked down. So it was a little bit weird and we've never experienced anything like that. So it was definitely different, but um, we were out from March until like, I want to say like July we've been out. So it was a really long period and swimmers never really have that, which was odd. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I was going to say, have you ever been out of the water for that long? No, I don't think so. Not that I can remember. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, tell me about that period. Let's physically, first of all, what were you doing to, to, you know, maintain some sort of physical shape? Um, I was honestly just kind of doing what I could do from home and what I wanted to do. I mean, none of us really knew how long lockdown was going to be. And I wasn't trying to just go ham and every single day get in like a whole workout. And I had no idea what was going to happen. I was kind of just trying to enjoy it while I had it and like knew that as soon as we got back, we would have to be in pretty intense training. So I was just like, when I feel like working out, I'm going to work out and if I don't feel like working out, I'm not gonna, because once we get back, I'm not going to have a choice. So <laughs> I kind of just took it day by day. Nice. That's, <laughs> that sounds like a very relaxed perspective <laughs> compared to yeah. some of the other ones I've had. Um, and I mean, you kind of answered this, but just emotionally, you know, it, it was a weird period. It was a weird time. I think 
I, I certainly know I had highs and lows um, of just staying inside, not being able to see people, you know, for, for you not being able to get to the pool. I mean, what was that like for you just mentally? Um, I was very fortunate over lockdown. I live in my own apartment and I have a dog and I was really lucky during lockdown. My best friend stayed with me and my boyfriend stayed with me. So I was like all set. We were having great times. We would go on walks together. We'd all like have breakfast together and everything like that. It was actually kind of fun, but I don't know. I think for me, I just tried to look at it kind of like I said before, just like, I'm never going to have this time to just spend this much quality time with people that I want to be around. And I wanted to make the most of it. I was reading a lot. I was eating new things, trying new things and kind of just having fun with it as much as I could. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, I was about to get into that. What, what kind of things were you reading? what new foods did you try? I mean, yeah. Did you pick up other hobbies now that swimming (laughs) wasn't an option? Yeah. I mean, I didn't really pick up other hobbies. We kind of just liked like chill and play board games and play with the dog that I had. And I ended up getting another dog. So now I have two of them, but um, I don't know. I was kind of just doing a lot of things. I was just eating what I like wouldn't have time to make myself during practice and stuff because every day for me now is like very scheduled and very like I have this 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 every single day pretty much and over quarantine I was like trying new like breakfasty ideas and we'd all make like different meals and stuff like that and it was really fun. Did did you read anything that was particularly impactful I don't know what kind of stuff you read, but, you know, fiction, nonfiction, something yeah. you really liked, something that affected you. Um, well, right before quarantine, I was like having so many random struggles with random little like things with like swimming and things like that. And I was constantly calling and texting like Michael Phelps. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I need your guidance. Help me get through this. And He was just like, you need to read the book, The Power of Now. And I never really got around to it. I kind of like pushed it off. I was like, it's not that big of a deal if I don't read it, you know. And then I read it over quarantine and I was like, holy crap, this is such a good book. It was like totally changed my perspective on so many things. And I think it helped me over quarantine, especially it kind of just taught me to live in the moment and taught me to appreciate what I had then. And I think that's kind of where I got that mentality of like having fun over quarantine and making the most of it was because that book really taught me to kind of appreciate what I have in the moment and live in the now. (laughs) uh, Yeah, it certainly seems like you were able to do that uh, Mm -hmm. during, during that time out of the water, which is awesome. Uh, I think when the world's in a global pandemic, it's kind of hard to accept where you're at at that moment um, because it's like crisis mode, but it sounds like you, you did a really good job of that, which is super cool. Yeah. I try my best. (laughs) Um, What, I mean, you, you know, you mentioned there were some little things with swimming that you were struggling with before that. What, what was what was giving you a hard time before all this started? Um, I think one of the main things for me was 
uh, ISL, as weird as it sounds, because I didn't even do it this year, but like I was just stressing doing ISL and training for the Olympics. And with the Olympics coming up, I was like, I was calling him. I think I was in Italy and I was on a bus in Italy and I was like, should I go home and just train? Like, should I even be here right now? I was like stressing it so much, but um, I don't know. Like I said, he kind of just, he didn't really even like have an opinion. He was like, I can't tell you what to do. You need to figure that out yourself, but you need to read this book and it'll like help you figure it out. (laughs) So was that during season one of ISL? You were, you were in Italy for, okay. That, I mean, that sounds like, that makes total sense, right? To, I mean, hearing you say that, it's like, yeah, I mean, the Olympics are a really big deal and ISL seems like a really cool thing, but it's, it's hard to, it can certainly seems like it can be hard to focus on both. Yeah. um, Yeah. It's so is I'm guessing that is the reason you decided to opt out of season two. Yeah. I kind of just, things were a little bit unpredictable and I know they had kind of like that thing where if you signed up for a team, but it got canceled, you'd still get paid and like whatever. And I know some people were like signing up and they were like, I hope it gets canceled because then I get paid anyways. And like, you know, but um, I was just like, honestly, I just want to either decide to go and be okay with that or decide not to go and put my head down and just train for the Olympics. And I, that's all my eyes have been at for the last like four years. All I've been thinking about is the next Olympics. So I was just like, I need to time. And that was kind of why I made that decision. Sorry, my my Bluetooth headphones died. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and so I tell I I wanted to ask about your experience in the ISL during season one. I mean, you were and you you, you explained it a little, but um, you know, you were a part of that first team champion energy standard. Um. Aside, I get. Was it? Were you always just kind of stressed out about ISL versus Olympics, or were you able to enjoy uh, some of the time during ISL season one as well? Um, no, I definitely had a lot of fun. I think originally going into it, I was pretty nervous just because, like, I'm not a short course swimmer at all, and like, I'm not used to doing back to back meets. That's not really me. I'm very good at like putting my focus in one place and getting ready for that preparing for that doing well there but I struggle when it's like focus here and then a week after focus there focus there and it it got a little bit hectic for me but I had a lot of time and I, I had a lot of fun and I was just really lucky to be on a team with some of the people from my home team in Toronto but also with like some of the world's best swimmers so it was a really cool and definitely different experience yeah did I mean did you have did you walk away feeling like oh I've really gained something from this or like oh I really learned 
this thing about myself or about my racing or how I want to approach racing moving forward? Yeah, I think um, it kind of brought me back to being a bit more lighthearted when it comes to like racing and everything like that and having more fun with it. I think before the last Olympics, I was very much in that mindset of just having fun and not having expectations. And ever since then, I've been trying to get back to that mindset. And um, I think ISL season one kind of just let me experience that again. It wasn't, I didn't have any expectations. I didn't have any stress. I was kind of just going, having fun and whatever happened, happened. And I was happy with it and getting to practice with people like Sarah and Chad and getting to like race with them and talk to them and learn about their mentality with racing. Their mentality with training is super awesome. And I feel like I learned a lot from them and from other people on the team. Yeah. I feel like that's definitely one of the coolest parts of ISL is just bringing all of these great athletes together on, on a team and putting them in and say, Hey, go race these great athletes uh, and have yeah. fun. Um, I know. <laughs> did, did you, yeah. Like what, what kind of tips and tricks do you pick up? Cause I feel like being on a team with all these, especially, I mean, energy standard has a lot of, it seems very worldly, right? It has a lot of athletes yeah. from different countries. Um, so I'm assuming there were, you know, they do a lot of the athletes do things differently than, than their teammates. Um, there wasn't a lot of like specific things that I necessarily picked up. Like, I don't think I was around them long enough to be able to really pick up specifics, but um, I just really enjoyed the way that they like carried themselves on the pool deck and no matter where we were placed, what we were doing, how we were feeling, we were always very good at carrying ourselves with kind of like this confidence, but not like cockiness and, I really like that. That's something that I can like appreciate. And when I see someone that's super confident on the pool deck, I like love to see that. And just like how they carry themselves in training and stuff, it's kind of a low stress environment and it's very like fun. And you don't have to, if you're not feeling good that day, you're not feeling good that day. And I don't know. I really like training with James Gibson. He was like a super awesome coach. I mean, and he's, he's very close with, uh, your coach ben. now, Ben, right? Yeah. The, he was Ben, his coach. Is that how it worked? Or they coached together? I think so. I'm not sure. I think Ben might've coached James for a little bit. I'm okay. not sure. The specifics of it. I should know this. I, I talked to James about this, but I, <laughs> I, I think Wait. that's how it went. <laughs> um, but it, what, what did you like about James style of coaching? Um, I just kind of like how he kind of lets the athletes take charge and he writes sessions, he writes multiple different sessions. And especially for a big group of swimmers, I think it helps a lot where you have those options of you can do a shorter practice, you can do a longer practice. If you're feeling amazing, maybe you just need to do like 4k and you're done. But if you're feeling terrible, maybe you need to swim it out a bit more. He does a lot of like technique work and really focusing on perfecting your technique, which is super awesome. And he actually worked with us all pretty individually too, which like I didn't expect, like we're not his swimmers, but 
it was cool to kind of have that aspect of it. I would, I would think on any ISL team that might be a bit challenging. It's what I think rosters are 32 athletes and for, for a coach to be that individualized with everyone, it, it seems like a tall order, but that's super cool that that ended up being the case. I know we were very lucky. It was, it was awesome. Um, were, were you, were you a bit jealous or sad watching season two? Did you watch season two? Yeah. My like boyfriend, every time I would come home from practice, it'd like be on TV. He'd already be like watching it. So (laughs) we would, we would tune in not for every single race and every single session, but we tuned in as much as we could. And it looked really fun. And I know people that were there and they had like a blast being there and especially in the bubble, it kind of gave it a, another different aspect to it. And I mean, it looked pretty fun. So I was, I was a little bit jealous that I was missing out on all like everyone kind of bonding and getting to be so close together. But I mean, I was happy to be at home training. <laughs> As I, yeah. Being out of the pool for four months, I'm sure just getting, getting that good block in uh, was a relief. Exactly. And so so switching topics a little bit, you know, when you were stressing out about ISL in Italy during the first season, you said you you called Michael Phelps and um, let's, you know, it's time to make a plug. You recently signed with MP. Uh, Tell me about, let's start with your relationship with Michael Phelps. You know, it's like you, Mm. you ever, obviously you have a pretty good relationship with him. If you're calling him when you're stressed and say, what do I do? (sighs) How did, how did that start? When did you first meet Michael? Um, I first met him at, I mean, I met him in Rio, but like very briefly, like he was getting in the water and I was like, Oh my gosh, it's Michael Phelps. But, um, after that, it was in San Diego for the first like Phelps shoot that I did. And it was super awesome meeting him. Like he was very personable and very friendly. Like the second I met him, it felt like I had known him for a while. And we got to go for like dinner and kind of talk about just like my swim career, his swim career, my personal life, his personal life. And it was just nice to relate to someone a little bit like I feel like I haven't been able to talk to a lot of swimmers that have been in the position that I've been in and I mean it's like I don't know who else is better to get advice from than like Michael Phelps I mean so I'm just like really appreciative of like him even giving me his time and sitting down to talk to me and giving me his phone number to call him or text him when I need and He's a really, really nice guy. I'm sure you like know that though. <laughs> you, you bring up an interesting point, you know, it's like, I, <clears throat> I've interviewed him plenty of mm-hmm. times, but, um, but I don't, I don't know that I know him that well. And it's like, yeah, he, he, he seems like a really nice guy, but um, like you said, you and him have that shared experience of mm-hmm. kind of going f- f- from, you know, just being a kid loving swimming to being (laughs) this center of attention in your country, um, as, as teenagers. And I think that is a, a rare experience and something that many people don't go through, but, um, it's, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, I don't know, but I'm guessing it can be pretty hard. 
yeah. I mean, what if you can put it into words, how were you guys able to to talk through that or relate on that level? Um, we were just able to, it's, I don't know, it's really weird to explain. Like, I, I feel like I have very few friends that I can like have super deep conversations about stuff like that. I mean, with Michael, it's kind of just like, he understands like things that someone else probably wouldn't like one of my regular, like, friends from home probably wouldn't understand like and it was just cool where I can like say something and be like oh this is so frustrating and he's like I know I deal with the same thing and I'm like oh my gosh thank you for understanding me you know what I mean that's like the best way I can put it into words for you I don't know how to like break it down totally no that's that that makes total sense when you find someone who has a a shared experience (laughs) uh it's it's a good feeling yeah. And that's, that's super cool that you were able to find that in him when, so when uh, you said you met him in San Diego for your first MP shoot, when was that? Uh, that was like, when was that? I think it was like around sometime around like a year ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly when, but like sometime around a year ago. And it was kind of when like all the latest MP videos have been coming out with like, me and him and I don't know and like Chase and everyone like that so I don't know around a year ago I want to say okay I, 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 time. <laughs> I saw one of those videos it's pretty sweet uh I think I think they put one out recently but it was cool uh yeah. what what drew you to to MP I mean you said you really met him your first shoot I'm, I'm assuming that means you had you had signed by that time but what what was yeah, what drew you to MP? Um, I mean, I haven't had a suit sponsor like this whole time, which is like pretty weird. And everyone was always like, you keep signing with everyone but a suit sponsor. And I don't know, MP reached out and having the opportunity to work with Michael Phelps, like first and foremost, was like number one for me. But then getting to talk with like the head of their team and everything like that. And they literally flew to Toronto to meet me and to sit down and have a whole presentation for me and everything that they stand for and that they want to achieve and that they're going for is kind of everything that I believe in. And I think it's really important to kind of partner with people that have the same beliefs as you, because I'm very big on everyone having access to swimming and being able to get gear for it and everything like that super easily and that's a big thing for them and inclusion is a huge thing for them which is really big for me so I mean just getting to have that plus getting to work with Michael Phelps I honestly couldn't have asked for anything better (laughs) that's cool that's uh, that sounds like a pretty good setup (laughs) I know it's very nice (laughs) uh so one thing I wanted to ask you about that I think I've, I interviewed you a couple of years ago about, and maybe in Atlanta, but you want to, you know, you're, you're rubbing shoulders with Michael Phelps. Uh, you trained with Caleb Dressel for a while in Florida. Um, to, and I want to revisit that just because I'm a swim nerd and yeah. I think that's cool that you, that you swam at Florida for a while with Greg Troy. Um, what, 
refresh my memory. What led to you going down to Gainesville to train with, with the Troy group? Um, I was honestly, I felt like I was almost in a rut with my swimming. I, I wasn't like totally in love with it. I was struggling with like training and being like consistent. And I was just getting very frustrated with where I was at. So I just decided that I needed to go on like a boot camp pretty much. And <laughs> I was like, I visited a few places and I went to Florida. And like the second we got there, I was like, it's a done deal. I have to come here. And <laughs> like, how could you give up the opportunity to train with like Caleb Dressel, Ryan Lochte? And like, I kid you not, the Florida Gators team like trains harder than anyone. <laughs> like, I, my first few sessions I remember like going home and my dad was staying with me just to kind of get me like acclimatized to it and I would go home and I'd like cry to him and I'd be like I'm so tired like don't make me go back I'm so like sore (laughs) and I don't know it was just really awesome to go there and train there and like I said kind of learning from the ISL team was really awesome but going there and seeing how Caleb carries himself in practice seeing how Ryan carries himself in practice with his like life outside of it and everything like that seeing how everyone there trains so hard they come in they support each other all the time they're always in a good mood and always there happy to train ready to train and it was just awesome to see that and kind of I took away from that a bit and it was now I train as hard as I can every session, I try not to complain as much. (laughs) (laughs) You said, I needed a boot camp, And I was like, man, what better place than Florida? (laughs) For real. I was like, I can get a tan, I can train hard. But I don't know, I loved it. But at the same time, it it really, it hurt a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that that sounds like boot camp to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do you was there? Was there a practice you remember from this camp specifically that was particularly grueling or that, or that you did particularly well on? I honestly could not say I did particularly well on anything. Like I, I bet you did. No, I spent my whole time trying to keep up with everyone else there. Like they are fast, fast swimmers in training and Every Friday was Friday fly day, which was terrible. And they do like 200s fly. We did this set and I am like 100, 200s. That's pretty much it for me. But they do like 200s fly. They do like cord sets where you would literally swim with the cord all the way to like 25. And for me, that's like such a struggle for Caleb. It doesn't even matter. Um we would do like 400 sets and if you like miss pace on one of them you have to like put on fins and I was like after two I was like fins on and I was so embarrassed but I needed it like it was uh, it was a mess I had a lot of fun though and I definitely got whipped into shape (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad it was fun (laughs) yeah um was it were you swimming yards had you ever done yards before um I've done yards at like when we would go to meets in the states but we'd stay an extra day we'd like train yards for a day or so and 
when we go to Florida, we train out of Pinecrest and they have the long course meter pool, but then they have the short course mm. yard pool. So, I mean, I wasn't like totally used to yards, but um, it, it's fun to train yards and I don't understand if I'm going fast or not. So that's also fun. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, do you, I, so, I mean, I know you said you don't like racing short course a ton. Do you, do you like training short course versus long course or do you have a preference? If it were up to me, I would never touch a short course pool in my life. Like <laughs> I <laughs> am not great at short course. I wish I was better at it. I wish I could get the hang of it, but I think I'm just like too long and lanky. I can't like get my stride in before I hit the wall. And then I just get frustrated. And like the longer the distance, the more frustrated I get. <laughs> fair enough yeah (laughs) um maybe it'll come with age I don't know I honestly I hope not I hope (laughs) (laughs) just want to stay away forever that's (laughs) totally cool uh so since you've gotten back into sorry shifting gears again um so back back to the more here and now um you were out of the pool until sometime in July once you got back in, you know, take me through how that went for you, you know, July, August, September. Um, I'd say it's honestly been a bit of a struggle up until pretty recently. I've kind of just been trying to figure out how, cause I think everyone like gained weight, they gained like muscle mass, they gained everything like over quarantine, which is frustrating mm-hmm. cause we didn't have the ability to train and tone and everything like that. So I was struggling for a while to try and like get back to where I was before quarantine because I was feeling really good before quarantine and I was in pretty decent shape and I was happy with where I was at. And afterwards it was just frustrating because I don't have a feel for my stroke. I'm not in the shape I was in January and I was just struggling with like not having the feel for my stroke, not being in shape, trying to get through these training sessions. And it was pretty tough. But I think once I was able to kind of get myself back onto a schedule and get myself back into regular like training and everything like that, it's been definitely a bit easier and a bit better for me recently in the last like couple months. (laughs) Yeah. I okay sorry I'm I'm switching again you see Don't worry. <laughs> so 2008 you know you you go to this Florida boot camp like you said you're kind of in a rut um do you feel like you got out of that rut at some point in the last few years because again we have 2008 mid 2018 where again you're, you're looking to switch things up for something fresh and then to January 2020 when you said you know you your strokes were feeling good you you kind of felt like you were back on track fill fill in that blank for me of kind of how you progressed um after that time at florida um well after my time in florida i was supposed to go to panpax or panams i'm not sure what meet it was in 20 but um i was like I am still in this rut right now. Like I had a really good boot camp. It was fun, but I need to just like take a month and do my own thing. And I kind of just took that month. I 
went to music festivals. I went to St. Lucia with my sister. I was like, I'm going to just have fun for this month. And what, what, hold on, hold on. (laughs) What music festivals did you go to? Oh, there's like so many random little music festivals in Toronto. Like there's like a country music festival. There's like, I don't know. EDM music festival and I was just like I'm just gonna have fun in this month so I did that I kind of had my time and I knew after that I would have to be head down till the Olympics so I wanted to take that time to do my thing and I did and I took the year 2018 to 2019 um I trained pretty well I was getting back into it I think I still was struggling with some things and some things mentally I was still trying to figure out and everything like that but nearing the end of 2019 I think going into worlds I was feeling pretty good but I still didn't have that kind of that confidence that I had in like 2016 and so I pulled out of my individual races and I really focused on the relays because I knew if I do well on these relays I'm going to have that confidence again and I'm going to feel good again so I did pretty well. I'd say in 2019, I had some really good races there on the relays and I was really happy with that. And then after that, I was just motivated and excited to going into the Olympics and I was head down training pretty hard. And in January, I was feeling really good. And we did a meet in Knoxville in February, I think it was. And I was racing pretty well there. And the best times that I had gone in that kind of time period in any year. So I was feeling really confident for the Olympics. And then when quarantine happened, I was just like, I was so ready, but I was, I was kind of happy with it because it gave me an extra year to perfect everything and see where I could really like make changes to make myself even better. Yeah. Uh, I want to hit on one, one point. Um, It, it was super cool watching the, those world championships because, you know, we we didn't, as a fan, I didn't get to see you swim at Pan Pack, so it was kind of yeah. like, nah, well, I don't, you know, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. And then, uh, and then you, you know, you you pulled some monster splits. You guys got triple bronze and yeah. four by one, four by two, four four by one medley. Um, how how did you come to that decision of okay, I'm going to focus on relays. I'm going to pull out of individuals. When, like, how how did your coaches react to that? It was actually my coach's idea to do that. Um, I had one race. I think I blanked it out of my mind because I could not tell you what it was that I did individually. I think it was the 200 free, I want to say, maybe. I'm not sure. But (laughs) I did one individual race, and it did not go how I wanted it to go. Uh Like, I was feeling so good going into that meet. I was feeling so good in warmups and everything like that. And I did an individual and I think it was just, I didn't have that confidence that I wanted and I got out of the water and my coach was kind of just like, okay, well, what can we do to get you back to the penny that we want you to be at? And I was like, I have no idea. Will I ever get there? And he was like, we need to pull out of the individuals. We need to get you to where you can get that confidence so you know you can do it and his plan was just to do the relays and I'm happy that we went with that I mean in the moment my mom was like stressing she was like why are you pulling out of the individuals but in the long run I think it was definitely worth it yeah I mean did 
uh, were you stressing about that at all at the time? Or did you feel good about that decision for you? Um, I think I was nervous at first because I was just like, what are people going to think? They're going to think that I'm like pulling out and I'm never going to come back from this. But uh, I was honestly kind of happy with it. It took a lot of stress off of my shoulders and a lot of pressure off my back. And I was just excited to show up for the team and get to be a part of the team. And really just that was my only motive. And it really helped me a lot. Yeah. And so, so we filled in that blank and then obviously quarantine and, uh, and so now you're back. Mm -hmm. Um, and you said you've, you've gotten back to a point finally to where you're, you're feeling fairly good in the water. What, what have you been focusing on? What have you been working on just maybe technically or, you know, during training aside from just kind of getting back into training and racing shape? Um, yeah, I've been focusing on as many kind of little things as I can. I mean, like I said, like before I was ready, I was prepared and I was happy to have this extra year. And I've been trying to figure out things like nutrition things. I've been working a lot with people for my mental health and making sure that that's in a good place because I think that's like key to everything else. So I've been really focusing on that a lot. And just like training as hard as I can every session and making sure that when I go into the pool, I'm there for a reason. And I've been doing a lot of like intention setting before like practices and just trying to figure out how I can be the best in training that I can be so that I can be the best in racing that I can be. Yeah. You, you mentioned intention setting. Um, is there, is there anything else, any habits or, things you've incorporated into your routine to kind of work on that mental health aspect? Um, I've just been doing a lot of like reading of different books that kind of have something to do with like manifestation and kind of just appreciating where you're at and how you can get to the goals that you set. And I've been trying to really figure that all out and trying to figure out how I can just every day make sure that I have intentions going into my day and making sure that if it's not a good day, I'm going to figure out how to turn it around and make it a good day or how I can at least pull one good thing out of my day. Hmm. Which can be, which can Difficult. be a real challenge sometimes. I know. <laughs> um. But that's, I mean, that, yeah, that sounds like a really positive thing. You, you mentioned goal setting and, um, I mean, like we mentioned before at a, at a, at a very young age at 16, you know, you became an Olympic champion and you kind of became this, this big star in Canada all of a sudden, mm-hmm. um, not even in Canada and worldwide. Um, so when you're goal setting and even over the last quad, when, when you make goals, have you, is it hard to make goals for your, or is it, has it become harder to make goals for yourself versus for what you might think others expect of you? Um, I think it used to be, I think for me, a big part of what made swimming kind of a struggle for me for a bit was the pressures that I had 
outside of myself. And I kind of let those get to me for a while. And I was always like wondering how I can make everyone else happy, how I can be better for everyone else and everything like that. But I've like over quarantine, I think it's helped me a lot to realize that I need to do things for myself and I need to kind of put that pressure on myself and know how to put the pressure on, take the pressure off and when to do so. And I've really been trying to focus on that and learning how to kind of hold that power. And I don't know, I think now I, I as much as people probably don't want to hear it, I don't really care what anyone else's expectations are of me. And that's where I was before Rio. I was literally having fun. I was excited to go there and cheer in the stands. I didn't think I would even make a final. And now I kind of just have this confidence from what I accomplished then, but I also have the ability to control kind of the voices within myself and the voices outside of myself, which is nice. Personally, I think that's great to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's really cool. And uh, again, not, not a lot of people have, have been through an experience like that, but it's cool to see that it seems like you're kind of coming, coming out of the other side of it yeah. um, and, and doing it for yourself, which is super cool. Yeah. Uh, so moving forward, we just reported a few weeks ago uh, that the changes they made to Canadian trials, mm-hmm. um, you know, 20 athletes per event, timed finals. Uh, when you got that news and now that you've gotten to sit with it for a little bit, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I honestly haven't been paying a lot of mind to it. <laughs> I didn't even read like what's going on with it. I didn't even know they put out like our coaches told us they were going to put something out. I was like, okay, if it's finalized, then I'll read it. But I think uh, as of right now, I don't know if it's totally finalized. I don't know if that's what they're going to be set on. Um, But at the end of the day, I'm not going to get to make that decision. So whatever they tell me I'm doing, I'm going to show up and I'm going to do it. So that's going to kind of be between me and my coach right before trials, deciding what I'm going to do. Gotcha. Do you, do you have an idea of the events you would focus on at trials? Um, I'm honestly not sure yet. I've been kind of talking with my coach. I've been feeling really good in freestyle recently. So I think obviously 100, 200 freestyle is going to be my main focuses, but um, I might throw 100 fly in there if I'm feeling like it, maybe a 53, we'll see. But I don't know, so far 100, 200 freestyle for me, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Maybe a 400 free. Who knows? We'll see how it um, feels. No, no, no. <laughs> I could never do that. Dude, after all that Florida training, you're ready. <laughs> no, I I didn't survive that Florida training. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> so so moving moving forward into into 2021, just in the next couple months, um, you know, what do you do you have any kind of benchmarks you're looking forward to or things to space it out or is it just still kind of head down until trials um I'd say it's kind of always head down until trials but my coach is really really good with kind of 
we train out of the Pan Am pool in Toronto and we're very lucky to have that facility. We have like two full pools. We have a full gym. It's amazing. And um, we're able to have like little time trials and to have that in mm. a pool that's an actual like racing pool is awesome because you can actually see where you're at. And he's been really good with kind of being able to space that out and give us like those little like meets or what should be meets. And those have been really fun for us and have helped us a lot with like knowing where we're at right now and feeling good about going into like another cycle of training. Yeah. And last question, uh, how is it, how is it with the training group that's there now? Because it seems like a pretty, pretty stout group of athletes. Yeah. I was literally thinking that today at practice, we were doing free pool and I was looking at the group and I was like, holy guacamole (laughs) is a stacked group of swimmers. Like this is a full group of like the best of the best. And we have like everyone, you have all the freestyle girls you could imagine there to train with. And you cannot be off for one day with those girls because they're always on. And we have amazing backstrokers, I amers, butterflies. We have everything. So I'm just excited to see what our whole group is going to do at trials, to be honest. Like, I don't even, for me, I'm like, okay, whatever happens, happens. But I'm excited to see what the group does at trials and even at the Olympics. Yeah, just just be cheering in the stands again. Exactly, exactly. That's the plan. <laughs> well, Penny, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on and talk with me for a little bit any parting thoughts before we sign off i don't think so but thank you so much (laughs) you've been listening to the swim swam podcast stay tuned for new episodes every week you can take swim swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform look for links in the description below And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.